Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching, and today we're going to talk briefly about praise. If your sensitive child can't handle praise, then make sure that you are listening in. Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. So if you are parenting a kiddo who is stuck in the meltdown cycle, this might be a child or a teenager, uh, somebody who is hitting, kicking, screaming, running away, feeling so frustrated with whatever it is that's bothering them in the moment, and you find yourself struggling to recognize patterns, uh, to identify the causes of your child's big behaviors, or uh, breaking out of the cycle just hasn't happened yet, then I want us to talk about one of the key pieces that we see many parents struggle with. Now, as a parent, you might be thinking that it's really important to help your child feel capable, right? Uh, All children, all sensitive children, especially stuck in the meltdown cycle, really struggle with this. They really struggle with a sense of feeling like they can solve their problems and uh, have, have quite a hard time managing their emotions when their problems are big or small, right? The emotions can make them quite big and those emotions can lead to really big destructive or ineffective behaviors. And those behaviors can be explosive as as I already described, or they can be implosive. Your child might end up struggling with low self-esteem. And again, going back to that capability, a low self-concept, perceive themselves to be a bad kid, perceive themselves to be a burden or that life would be better off without them. or And this can lead to isolation, checking out, refusing, and running away from their problems. And so when you're working on trying to fix this, one of the things that you can be noticing is that your child can really struggle with identifying positives. You know, and highly sensitive children and non-highly sensitive children alike tend to have more of a, a greater imagination and a healthy highly sensitive child or a healthy emotionally healthy child is able to notice that life is uh, full of possibilities, right? A child who is struggling and uh, doesn't have the ability to manage their big emotions tends to keep what I like to affectionately call a negativity ledger, right? They are just literally keeping track of all the things that don't go well, and they can even jump to conclusions, struggle with um, characterization of other people saying that things like these kids won't be my friend um, I can't uh, I, I can't make friends with them they might say things like you know we've speak, we've been speaking about it in the last couple of shows uh, the concept of resiliency right seeing the world as glass half empty and so it's important to notice that this one that this piece to the puzzle of your child struggling to uh, accept praise is that your child has a hard time seeing positivity from any uh, avenue of life. 
and when they're stuck in the meltdown cycle or the shutdown refusal cycle, uh, the, the positivity is fleeting. We see highly sensitive kids have big, lovely expectations about how light, how the day is going to go. And the second that that doesn't go well, they are immediately in meltdown, shutdown mode, freaking out, right? And so uh, as a child, your, your kiddo is quite overwhelmed, right? As a teenager, your, ch your child is quite overwhelmed. And as a parent, this can be really frustrating. You can uh, want to engage in some pretty t typical or traditional parenting strategies like reassuring your child that it's all going to be okay or using your wisdom that this too shall pass or helping your child see the silver lining. And part of this could be coming into play when you are praising your child, showing them that what they're doing is hard, helping them notice that uh, they can tolerate and, and do hard things. And your child can really struggle with this if they're doing something that you want to see. You might, you might be inclined to praise that, right? Good job, wow, good for you. You're doing it, see, I, I told you it wasn't that hard. And uh, as a parent, you might think that this is encouraging. You might think that this is, is spelling out hope, right? Uh, sending, sending a message that your child can do it and directly feeding into uh, their, their empty bucket of, uh, of, with a low self-concept, right? You might be trying to pour in to that lack there. And uh, this is really tricky because we see many parents get stuck in this dynamic. It, it's important to notice that it's not for lack of trying, right? It's for lack of strategy. And I want to break down part of this because the positivity and living in life, seeing life as a glass half full and, and seeing uh, possibility in, it, in any avenue is absolutely an important, very important life skill, right? This is what we all want for our children. And uh, when we see our children struggle or we see our children uh, use uh, tactics or, or, or thinking patterns like um, always and never, it'll always be awful or it'll never be, be right, right? Or I always struggle or I'll never get it right. Things like that uh, can really trip up a kid and it can really get quite discouraging for you as a parent. And you can move into what we call convincing mode, right? So uh, when you're praising your child, you are coming at it from the angle of trying to convince them that everything will be okay. And no one ever makes decisions from a place of feeling convinced, right? This is really important when your child is, is deciding how to creatively solve a problem. If you are trying to reassure them, you're trying to convince them. And when that happens, your child feels unheard. Your child feels invalidated. And this is really important because when we look at that positivity, we look at this component of, of uh, seeing life as glass half full, seeing life as full of possibility, uh, you're, you're, when you want that for your child, you can end up going so far overboard that uh, it, it just feels quite disconnecting from where your child is at. And uh, again, this is this is really because there, there can be quite a sense of urgency, right? Um, as a parent, when you see your child suffer, you want to take their pain away. And uh, this, can, this is really important when we teach the fact that reassurance doesn't help, uh, that, that uh, praise is, is quite difficult for children to take in when they feel like they're incapable. Uh, this is one of the pieces that is important for you. And I invite you to notice how you are uh, trying to convince yourself and convince your kid 
that they're capable at the same time. And uh, this is this is one of the things that we work on with our, our clients, right? And so many of our clients will come into our work together and they will say things like, my child can't receive feedback. They can't um, take in any any good jobs, any um, any encouragement. And we all know that it's it's more effective for children to feel capable if if they're positive. The, the behavior that we want to see is reinforced, right? We tell them, good job, and I like to see that more, and, and all of that. And uh, when your child is screeching at you, when you respond in that way, uh, when, you, when you expect them to uh, feel encouraged, this can be quite, quite frustrating, right? So we want to talk about the importance of breaking out of this pattern and what is necessary to break out of this pattern. And one of the key pieces that we use in our uh, work with our clients is a concept called systematic desensitization. Now, in, um, in, in any sort of medical treatment or physical therapy treatment or even mental health treatment, this could be used to address fears. But when, when it comes to parenting, your child needs to be able to tolerate you experiencing uh, a vision for them that they can't envision themselves. And so there's a multifaceted approach that needs to be taken in order for your child to get used to tolerating praise. And, and that has to be systematic. It has to be uh, more methodical than just expecting your kid to hear you and eventually get used to it. So I wanna encourage you to notice that your pace and your, your process, one of the things that we help our clients do is is really more much more systematically ease their child into accepting praise this is one thing that is really really important when you want your child to feel better about their challenges uh, one of the things that they need to be able to do to handle challenges is to feel capable so uh, the next thing that that i advise parents to be working on is to uh, support children in in finding ways that they can feel capable. Now, this might feel like you you know the the first thing that I was just speaking about, which is the the where you're encouraging your child. And I really want to um, speak about the difference between a child-led right internal motivation focus when your child already decides that they're capable of something and highlighting that for yourself um, through your through your relationship with them compared to when you are encouraging them and, and that turns into conv convincing. So when your child is able to notice and name what they are capable of and what they are uh, following through on, then they are going to be much more able to accept praise on that topic because it came from them. Now, uh, when, when you're working on this as a parent and you're seeing this self-led uh, positive self-concept, uh, you, you have to be using um, some pretty pretty good uh, detective ears and, and eyes, right? And, and when we focus on this concept of uh, mindful parenting, one of the, the key components to what we teach here at MTC, uh, listening in and, and listening to the, the um, for signs for your child's sense of capability is really important to do, you know? Um, because the, those moments have to be highlighted in a way that your child is going to actually receive it. Okay. Um, one of the things that we see parents who are stuck in this meltdown cycle uh, struggle with is finding that balance between highlighting those new skills for the child and highlighting the, the, um, the, the personal motivation that your child already has and calling attention to it and, and 
um, supporting your child and noticing that and building insight uh, compared to lecturing about it. Right. Now, lecturing includes teaching or repeating the same expectation over and over again. And it's important for you to be able to stay out of the pattern of lecturing while your child is uh, doing something that you want them to do and, and they're feeling capable of that. And this is really important because usually parents who are stuck in the, in the meltdown cycle themselves are looking to stay out of the meltdown cycle. And so when they see their, you know, when you see your child who is uh, struggling, finally say something nice about themselves, uh, you can have a pretty strong urge to double down on that. Yeah, see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Don't, doesn't that feel good, right? And then your encouragement turns into convincing. And so I encourage you to promote self-confidence in a much more subtle manner and uh, to do that more, um, more, not necessarily slowly, uh, but more subtly for your sensitive kid. And this is important because once your child starts to feel confident in a way that they can tolerate, you can absolutely grow that. You know, you guys know that we help parents break out of this meltdown cycle in as little as eight weeks. You have parents whose kids are refusing to do all the things. And within eight weeks, they are fo finally following through on parent, parent expectations and feeling good about it. Not because they're sucking it up, not because the parents are holding iPad time over their head, not because um, there's, you know, um, extracurriculars being removed from the equation until they follow through. None of that. No bribery, no coddling, nothing like that. And um, it, it's important to notice that this can happen swiftly when you, when you uh, add more subtle intervention rather than having more direct intervention. This is one thing that uh, feels counterproductive, but it actually can be quite impactful. Now, thirdly, I wanna speak about the importance of the parent-child relationship when it comes to praise. So praise isn't the first thing that you need to be focusing on when you're breaking out of this pattern of the meltdown cycle, and it actually is usually what parents think, right? So I wanna bust that myth today. When we think about helping your child feel understood, uh, it's really important that you stay out of a behaviorist perspective. The behavior I wanna see, I'm gonna highlight and uh, move forward. And this is one of the things that a lot of parent coaches and a lot of um, experts, whether that be uh, therapists or, or educational courses, get wrong. Uh, one of the things that we, we highlight here at MTC and we, we encourage you to notice is that changing behavior has to happen first um, from a place of noticing where your child is at and what they're capable of and what they think they're capable of. That means that you actually need to stop focusing on changing your child uh, and really understanding more ab about what your child is capable of before you, you focus on changing their behavior. And so again, slowing down to speed up is really important. So uh, this is a really hard thing to do when you're, when you're working on it on your own because your child is hitting right now, because your child hit yesterday, because your kid's being removed from the classroom yesterday, today, tomorrow, right? And uh, this can be really difficult to, to manage on your own, which is why we support parents in breaking out of this pattern consistently, because when your kid is hitting on a daily basis, that's not developmentally appropriate. And it's really hard to get traction uh, on your own. But when we think about being able to, uh, to shift out of this pattern, your perspective of how fast your kid can change has to be uh, at the forefront. 
right? Many parents stuck in this pattern will, will say things like, I don't really know if my kid can tolerate it. Um, you know, when I set different limits, my child will be devastated. And language like that indicates to me that you as a parent are really, really struggling with your child's capacity. Why? Because when, uh, when you notice your child's emotions, but you are separate from those emotions and you're no longer holding yourself responsible for your kid's emotions, you can be a-okay with your kid's devastation knowing that that is not going to impact your ability to hold limits effectively. And, and this is one key piece that really comes down to uh, the importance of your mindset and the importance of your capacity to stand firm and steady, not strict and hard-nosed. <laughs> uh, and, and that is really important for highly sensitive kids because firm and steady, not strict and hard-nosed is, is one of the things that we were talking about last week. If you're not able to do that, then you'll end up being passive, right? So I encourage you to listen to the conversation that we had last week on our show uh, so that you are um, coming at, at this from the, the full picture here because this, um, this show today is short. So when we look at the, um, the, the positive relationship that you have with your child, that first has to come from an understanding of capacity on your end before you start convincing your kid what they're capable of to make yourself feel better about the fact that they're struggling and they haven't gotten out of it yet. Because when you are the one leading the show and that's coming from a place of urgency, I gotta fix this right now. If I don't fix this right now, that might mean that I'm a bad mother or it might mean that my kid is struggling and they'll never get out of it or whatever else it is that you're, that you're jumping to conclusions about. Uh, you need to be able to se separate out your future experience from your present experience. And that's much easier to do when you have a System to follow rather than just a scattershot uh, application of tactics. So if you want to learn more about what we do here at MTC, if whether, whether or not what we do is going to be efficient or effective for your family, then I encourage you to go ahead over to our masterclass. Uh, this is uh, megantompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Or if you're parenting 18 stuck in this meltdown cycle, it is uh, megantompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps underscore teen, right? So teens typically show up with a more refusal, shutdown, isolation um, tactics or, or excuse me, um, stress response in, uh, in this cycle, whereas uh, children can run the gamut. They can, they can engage in uh, meltdowns, shutdowns, refusals, all of them, right? We don't usually see uh, as many meltdowns by the time the child hits uh, high school age, right? Freshman year and up. However, there's definitely yelling, <laughs> there's definitely outbursts, there's definitely shutting down. So uh, when, when we're breaking out of this pattern, you need to be able to notice that there's a big difference between eighth grade and ninth grade. Um, so it's not a matter of your child's age, it's a matter of your child's peer group and their social responsibilities, as well as uh, their cognitive capacity and their chronological age. So all of those things come into play when we think about addressing this problem once your child is a teenager, much more so than chronological age. And that's really important to pay attention to when you're parenting sensitive kids because they are connected to the collective uh, community that they are, they are uh, being raised in and they're connected to at that age. So 
um, I encourage you to go ahead and, and uh, register for, the, for those free trainings if you haven't already. Uh, make sure that you are learning all about the, the five-step process that we talk about here. I talk about uh, many of these concepts in more depth than today's show, and it, we look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five, S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.